Hello, welcome to Raising Eco Minimalists, a podcast that acts as a community and a resource guide for anyone raising kids who care about their mind, body, community, and planet. I'm Laura, your host. I'm mom to a six year old son, and half the time, I feel like I have no idea what I'm doing. Sometimes I feel super lost and alone, and that's where this podcast comes in. Well, thank you so much for being here. Let's dive in. Hello. Welcome back to another episode of Raising Eco-Minimalists. As always, thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy day to listen and learn with me in this crazy thing of raising kids. So today we are going to be continuing on with the conversation that we started last week about how my family and I decided to downsize our stuff by half, move five hours away to a small town where we knew no one. So if you haven't listened to that episode yet, I would highly recommend pausing this one and going through that part one because I think it'll give you a lot of context as we continue on this part two conversation. So the the first part, we talked a lot about the journey within that first year. So we've been up here for just a little over a year now. And so that first year, I talked, went, walked through that journey. This part two, I am going to be talking about what it has been like to essentially start over in a lot of ways. What it has been like establishing new roots, which is something that we are still continuing to do and I imagine will take time. And just some things that we've learned along the way as well. So the first part of establishing new roots and starting over is finding our community. And in a lot of ways, moving to a small town has been rewarding in that there are a lot of opportunities, at least in this small town, a lot of opportunities to get involved and a lot, there's a lot going on. So that's really, that's been really great. The hard part is that it's a small town and so you've got a lot of people with a lot of history and a lot of people know everybody and vice versa. Now, I don't know if this is just unique to this area or if it's a general trend because of the pandemic, but there are actually a lot of transplants up here like we are. And so in that sense, there it's been incredibly welcoming, it being the, the community. And that has really helped because you hear about some small towns, at least in the Midwest or Minnesota, where there's some silly saying that says Minnesotans will give you directions anywhere but to their house, meaning that people are very tight knit in their groups and they don't really like to open that up. And that hasn't been our experience, at least, which is is good because that was a that was a concern so just finding people to well people to to connect with and things to get involved so we've been doing that uh, i after 
two months, I think, of being here. I joined a mental health advisory committee for our public health department. And I am part of a zero waste group up here now. I am I'm volunteering. So I am doing some things. It's kind of one of those situations, though, where you could easily overcommit yourself. And I definitely don't want to do that. So because <laughs> it's easy to do. But just trying to find find my way and find ways that I can contribute that are that take advantage of my skills, my strengths, my passions, and that aren't repeating what's already being done up here. So I'll give you one example. So back in at our old house, I started a seed library in our neighborhood and it was just such a positive experience and I absolutely loved it. Loved it. And that was something that I was really sad about. So I thought, well, hey, once we get up here and find a, a house, a you know, more permanent location, I'm going to start a seed library. Well, it turns out that there already is a seed library very close to where we are living. And so I still could do it, I'm sure. But it's not something that the community necessarily needs right now. Whereas before, there was really nothing like that in my area. And so just trying to sit back and observe to feel to get a feel of what's really needed and where I can best contribute so I think it's important that if you're new in an area you don't want to come barging in and just start telling the community what they need because that's probably not going to be very well received so it was something that I when we got up, I, you know, I really wanted that community again. And I know it takes time, but I was just, it was just a struggle, to be honest. And so I wanted to just get involved with anything and everything that I possibly could. But I quickly realized that I just need to kind of slow down, sit back, join what I can, and, and just, again, get a feel for what's actually needed. And so that's what I've been doing. And it's, it's slow, slower than I'd like, <laughs> but I also didn't build my community in where we were from in, you know, six months. So, so that's kind of like getting involved and trying to rebuild giving back to the community, which is what, what I had been doing a lot of where we were from. The other part of community, of course, is friends and connecting with others and and that all takes time too. And I think I mentioned in part 1 that's another thing that's difficult for me personally because I am definitely more on the introverted side and so to start the initial connecting of friends on a more surface level, which I think is necessary, it just takes time and it takes energy for me. And when I'm already feeling tired and overwhelmed, you know, with this past year with moving so much, that's been a, a challenge for me to take that initiative. And so now that we've been settled for a little while, more so than we have in the past year, I'm starting to do that. And it's been really good. 
but it's again it's also challenging it doesn't come naturally to me so but it's but it was something that we knew we would have to do and that doesn't necessarily mean it's any easier but it yeah it is what it is so but I have again been putting myself out there and joining things and trying to meet people and like I mentioned, people are very open, more open than I thought they would be about, you know, grabbing a cup of coffee or, or meeting up. It also does help to be have a kid in school. We've met some parents and connected with them, and that's been great as well. So just, uh, yeah, just that community building has been really, really interesting, and I've learned a lot over this past year. I will say one more thing about establishing new roots is one of the harder things that I did not anticipate was mourning the loss of our traditions from the cities. So I, it especially hit me this past fall. I didn't realize how many things we did every single fall, places that we would go, activities that we would do. And when we didn't have those all of a sudden, that really hit me. And I, that was hard to, to kind of navigate through and, and accept that it, our, our traditions are just going to have to look different. We're going to have to make new ones. One example would be like an apple orchard. <laughs> There's not an apple orchard up here, but not one really even close at all. And at least not in the sense of what we were we are used to. There's a very a couple very 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 small ones that we did end up going to, but we would go to this park. I had like a or not a park, but a it was like a farm, and they had all sorts of activities, and they had petting zoo and apple picking and pumpkin picking and food trucks, and it was really fun, and we really loved it. We even had my son's birthday party there one year. And so just having, you know, not, it's not what the activity that we did this year or in 2022, sorry, I feel like I'm getting very confusing. (laughs) So anyway, to wrap it up, we would always go to the same place. We would do the same activities. It was a tradition. Last fall, being up here in our new area, we did not have that, of course. And that hit me a lot harder than I thought it was going to be. So I know that establishing new traditions are just going to take time, but that was something that was really hard. And I can only imagine continues to be hard. Another one that we had to navigate was Thanksgiving. We ended up not traveling down to the cities for Thanksgiving because it's just, it was just too much. It's, it it gets really overwhelming, overstimulating, and it's just a lot of running around and it really kind of starts to become not enjoyable for us and just having to be there for such a short time and then come back. So that was something that was very different. We have always gone to our families for Thanksgiving. And so we, you know, did our own thing at home. And then we were graciously invited over to a friend's house. And we did like a Friendsgiving in the evening. So it just looks different. And just kind of that acceptance and mourning even the grief that that's not something we're going to have anymore. Okay. So kind of enough about that. 
The next would be learning the nuances of small town living. So my husband and I grew up in the Twin Cities or surrounding suburbs. And so we've never lived in a small town before. And so we knew it'd be different, but we didn't know what we didn't know. So one of the biggest things is a lack of accessibility to resources, programs, services, etc. There's, you know, very limited resources. You have one health clinic, you have one dentist, you've got one that, you know, that's your option. And so that's been something new. And it's, it's interesting because it's, your dentist is also on a committee that you're on and maybe their kid goes to your kid's school. And so it's just, you're, you see them all over, which is different for us. And so one thing that we've learned is that the people up here are really good at creating boundaries and wearing their different hats. And so if the dentist if I run into the dentist at school, you know, she's not wearing her dentist hat. I'm not going to be talking to her about dental work or my bill or something. It, people are very good at keeping those boundaries. And another thing that we've noticed is that if you run into people, which you do, you run into people everywhere, which was a change for me. And I realized that I probably shouldn't be running out everywhere in my pajamas like I would do in the cities because I would never see anybody <laughs> that I knew. <laughs> but when you see somebody, like say it's a family event, oftentimes you just say hi and then you kind of keep going along with your day. Whereas in the cities, if you saw friends somewhere, you would usually be like, oh, hey, you know, let's let's do this together. Let's hang out. And you would end up spending the rest of the time with that other family. But that's not necessarily how it is here. And so that's been interesting and something to get used to. <laughs> Sorry, if you heard that, my cat was jumping down. So that's been a new experience for us. Services, one of the biggest services is trash and recycling. And so there's one trash company and I mean, they're, they're great. There is a private company that offers recycling pickup, but it's, it's not with the trash service. So I would say the majority of people either don't recycle or they bring it to the recycling center. So in my area, there is a main recycling center and then on some of the other parts of the county that aren't as close, they've got what they call transfer stations. And so you can bring stuff there too. But you have to sort all the recycling. It has to all be cleaned and broken down. And that's just not something that I'm used to, as we've always just had single sort curbside recycling. And so that's that's been something new. And then I did learn that the trash and recycling, well, I'm not recycling, the trash travels like over 150 miles to the nearest landfill. 
again, being in a rural area, there's not a lot of landfills up here. And so ours actually goes to a landfill in Wisconsin that was supposed to close, but they remained open because they are our only place that it will accept trash right now. The, the waste center up here is actually going through some pretty major upgrades and they are going to be do, having an organic recycling option, which will be great. But right now that's not even an option at all. There is no organics recycling. And, and when we left our old house, we had curbside, which was like such a luxury. So a lot of people do compost because the soil up here is not good at all. It's very rocky and not a lot of nutrients. But otherwise, you know, people just throw away their food waste. We are in bear country. It's black bears, which are the smaller version of grizzlies. But not something that you want to be inviting into your yard, per se. So I splurged after we moved out of our house and into our rental and I got one of the electric ones. And so I just kind of, we use that and then I throw the, the remnants out in the yard or I save them for the garden if it's gardening season. So just trying to readjust our habits. I've also really realized how much recycling that we have. <laughs> and the recycling travels all over as well. I mean, that has a pretty big transportation footprint. So I've really been working on reducing our recycling as well as our, our waste. And so basically just doing a recycling audit in terms of having to sort everything, which we have to do to, to bring it to the recycling center. And so that's been something new, but that's not a bad thing. That's, it's good because we shouldn't be relying on recycling, which I think sometimes, well, I think a lot of us do and myself included, just kind of have that in the back of our mind that, that that's an option, but it's still pretty resource intensive. Intensive. Another thing that's been great for the eco-minimalism lifestyle journey is that because of the lack of resources in terms of stores or the stores that are there, they close early, quote unquote, uh, early for a city person. <laughs> if you don't have something, you often do without. You just simply go without in general or you find something else. And we talk about that a lot on the podcast and in the Reduce, Reuse, Renew blog. But it's another thing to actually rely on that like that is your only option our nearest target is two hours away and so we don't have a place that oh we need something we're just gonna run out and grab it really quick it just doesn't work like that and again that hasn't been a bad thing it's it's shown us really shown us that there's a lot we can actually do without and you know if, if it's a food item for a recipe like you find something else Grocery stores are closed. You're not gonna unless you can get it at a gas station. You're you're just you're sol. But it's again, it's been good. I think it's it was an easy crutch to fall back on to just run to the hardware store at eight thirty at night or run to Target because they're open till midnight. Or it almost seemed like in a way we would do that as a pastime after work. And I don't even really know what we bought because we didn't buy a lot of things. 
but it's just these one-off trips, but they actually added up to be a lot of time. And so this winter, we noticed it especially, we had a lot of time on our <laughs> hands in the evenings. And that was different. Again, not in a bad way. But the other, another option is you have something shipped in. And for a lot of places, especially if it's a bigger item, you're going to pay a lot more for shipping and it's sometimes not worth it. Other times you get stuff shipped, but then you have a lot of recycling or waste. And so we've had, we've learned to plan our, you know, bigger shopping trips when we, when we go to the, the nearest Target and otherwise we've just tried to do without or, or buy local. So, because I'm, I'm really, I'm, already fed up of the cardboard boxes. (laughs) Too many cardboard boxes. And yeah, so I think that's kind of about it with with learning to live without. And again, a good thing. Oh, one thing I will say though is, is because things cost more to ship up here, things like furniture and furniture is a big one but any like big item it's hard to get you almost have to have a truck some sort of truck and there's been a couple times where we've had to rent a u-haul for a couple hours so we can transport something one time a friend let us borrow his truck so we don't have just have like a normal suv small suv type of car and and so that has been a challenge because we, when we downsized, we got rid of the vast majority of our furniture. And so to slowly be replenishing that as we look secondhand or whatever, the transportation has been a big issue. And so that's something that, you know, a lot of furniture is sold secondhand up here, which is good. But again, hard to transport if you don't have that vehicle to do so. Okay, so let's see what we talked about here so far. Another thing that's been challenging is figuring out how to balance time when we do go back to the cities to visit with friends and family. Oftentimes we have a very limited time period and we're coming down for something specific and so the first few times we would just try to shove in all the things and see all the people and it gets really overwhelming really quickly it's a lot you get really tired and honestly kind of cranky and it's just not enjoyable and so we have really started to have to cut back on who we see and what we do when we go down. And that's hard. It is really hard. We're not able to see all of our parents every time and not able to see all of our friends all the time. And so it often ends up being, you know, families usually, we see family and we see close friends. But then some of those friends that you still love, but aren't maybe as close to or you have busy schedules or opposite schedules tend to get left off. And so trying to figure out how to balance those relationships and keep in touch and 
all that stuff has been something that we're still navigating to this this day. We have started implementing some just some downtime where we don't schedule anything, even if it's just for a morning where we can just kind of relax because the driving gets tiring and again the running around gets tiring and the city has a lot of stimulation whereas where we are now does not and so it just gets yeah it, again just gets to be a lot a lot of mental energy a lot of mental clutter physical energy and and so learning how to say no and just putting up some hard boundaries with family that we haven't had to do before. Luckily, most have been pretty understanding, but it's still hard. And we're still learning and trying to figure out how to, how to move forward with that. And also, when people come up, you know, when we were, it's great to have such a, a, a long period of time where you're just hanging out with family or friends but it sometimes it can get expensive because they want to do all the the visitor type of activities go to all these restaurants and stuff and we want to spend time with them of course and they want to spend time with us but it's not a vacation for us and so to spend all the money you know the first few times we had people up i mean we were basically like acting like we were on vacation in our own town because we wanted to do all the things with our friends and family. And so we've had to really learn and have conversations with people that come up that say like, Hey, you know, we'll offer to cook one night, you know, we'll do one breakfast and one dinner out with you guys or whatever, but we just can't. And we just have to be honest and, and people have been very understanding, but Otherwise, it just gets to be a lot. And we love when people come up to visit and we wish we could do all the things with them that, you know, they're doing on their vacation, but it's just not sustainable. And and so just having conversations that way. And thankfully, we have a separate area where guests, our guests, friends and family can stay. And so we are able to have some downtime and not always feel like we have to be together, which is nice. It's we're a family that kind of needs that time to recharge and that quiet time. And it seems like most of our friends and family do as well. So we're super grateful to have that option versus having them in a room that you know, they're always there and we're always in their, <laughs> their vacation too, which, which is fine. It, it, that does happen, but it's nice to have the, our own, our, all of our own space so we can kind of do things on our own and not feel like we have to constantly be entertaining and, and, and they're not encroaching on our life and stuff. So that's really kind of the, the main the main things that we're working on navigating right now and some things that we've learned this past year. And honestly, the biggest takeaway is that these things all just take time. And we haven't had to start over like this, well, really ever, not completely, where we're, we're 
really far away from our friends and family and our community and and so it's it's been definitely been a, a big change but it's something that we're learning a lot about ourselves and learning that we really appreciate the slower pace of a, a smaller town and not always having that constant stimulation that you do in the cities and I remember the first I'm doing the Minnesota goodbye <laughs> which if you're familiar it's when you say you're gonna go and then you end up talking for another hour I'm not gonna do that but I will share one story the first few nights that we that we lived up here so in the cities we lived very close to the Minneapolis St. Paul airport so we had planes flying over all the time and we could hear the highway sometimes if the wind was blowing in the right direction and when we moved up here we're right right by the boundary waters and so it's right the boundary waters are dark sky sanctuary and so it's very quiet there's not a lot of light pollution which if you haven't listened to my episode on light pollution it's fantastic one of my favorites i learned so much go check that that out <laughs> small plug there but i remember the first few nights it was actually really uncomfortable at how quiet and dark it was now we go back and we're like man it's so loud down here <laughs> but it, that was a really big change that I wasn't expecting so slower paced not as much to do so we're able to put that time that we would be spending running errands or I don't even know what we would do with our time sometimes, but all the running around, all the stimulation, all the commitments and, and such, we don't have that up here. And so we've really, truly been able to slow down and prioritize family time, outside time. We've gotten into board games and puzzles more so than we ever have before. And overall, it's it's been a, a great, a good experience. Yeah, it, I think it would be really hard to go back to the stimulation of the city right now. I'm not saying that we never will, but as of right now, it's nice to have that just calming sense more often than not. So, yeah. <laughs> so I will for sure wrap up there. Not another Minnesota goodbye. We're going to be diving into some of our content relating back to raising kids who care about their mind, body, community, and planet. And we will also be going for now back to every other week with a new episode. And uh, we'll see. We'll see how the season goes, if that changes to every week. But right now, I want to be able to make this a sustainable podcast creation time for me. And right now, that's every other week. So... I hope you have a fantastic rest of your week, and we'll see you back here, not next week, but the week after. And remember, as I am learning very much in this past year and continue to learn, in order to live sustainably, it must be sustainable for you. Bye now.
I really hope you enjoyed that episode of Raising Eco Minimalists. As always, if you enjoyed this episode and you enjoy the show, please consider leaving a review and a rating on Apple and Spotify. You can find out how to do so in the show notes. Additionally, if you want to reach out to me with questions, comments, reflections on the episode, you're always welcome to do so via my email or any of my social media platforms also linked within the show notes. Finally, please remember that in order to live sustainably, it has to be sustainable for you. Thanks. Bye.